biologists, pathologists, cytologists will use the web-based viewer and annotating tools in the web viewer. Mm -hmm. But the data scientist, a bioinformatics, an AI developer will prefer to work in the terminal using Python and making applications. So here is where the magic comes. So inside mine, the viewer is just front-end for your solutions. Python developer, an AI developer just need to have information, patches, mask, alpha mask, coordinates of annotations to train his models to be efficient. Learn about the newest digital pathology trends in science and industry, meet the most interesting people in the niche, and gain insights relevant to your own projects. Here is where pathology meets computer science. You are listening to the Digital Pathology Podcast with your host, Dr. Alexandra Zhurov. Welcome, my digital pathology trailblazers. Today's episode is about Cytomine, an open source software package for digital and computational pathology. This software can be used by pathologists, by AI developers for image management, and basically meets the needs of many different parties working on digital pathology projects and it's open source. My guest is Gregoire Vink, the Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer of Cytomine. So let's dive into it. I'm going to welcome Gregoire. Welcome, Gregoire. <laughs> Hi. Nice to meet yeah. you, Alexandra, and really thank you for this invitation. I am so excited to have you. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but um, let me just give a little background story. And we have like a full agenda. We have one hour scheduled for this. And I have a list of questions that I need to ask you because they've been like, I was really thinking uh, of different stuff that you have to offer and how you manage this. But nobody knows what I'm talking about. So let's start with uh, Cytomine. Cytomine is the company um, that uh, we're going to be showcasing. But how I even learned of Cytomine. So Cytomine, I have this uh, blog post that is a pretty well-performing blog post on my digital pathology place where I list, I don't know how many uh, softwares now, I don't know, seven or eight, whatever, um, open source software for doing tissue image analysis. And uh, I was updating this and I think I updated with something. And then uh, you guys reached out to me uh, or did I update with this? I don't remember, but somehow in the context of this, uh, of this, um, um, this blog post, I included Cytomine as an open source tool for doing image analysis, but it's a different open source tour, uh, tool. And we have people from Algeria. Welcome, Algeria. Hello. Um, it's a different tool. So let's do this. Let's start with you, Gregoire. Tell us about you, uh, about your background, and uh, give us a little bit uh, of an introduction to Cytomine. What does it do and what is it for? Okay. Uh, so uh, quite like you, I guess I'm a vet and uh, my initial uh, 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 formation. And I work, I started working in uh, research and toxicology and pharmacology also, but I was not um, a pathologist. Where did you study for, where did you uh, study? It's, in, it, it's here in, in Belgium at University of Liège, where uh -huh. Cytomine was born. <laughs> so I, I was firstly more uh, working in the in pharmacology lab within the university. And I always had um, a geek side of in, in my in my way of working. So in the, the, the end of uh, year 90, uh, the, 
web war was coming and quite soon I was starting to develop tools to help research and teaching at university and mostly in topics in bioinformatics, biostatistics and histology uh, already at this stage. And yes, my career has drives me uh, into several Belgian university where I uh, had some kind of project in teaching and research uh, with new, what we called new technologies. Mm -hmm. And in 2014, I was uh, enrolled uh, at, uh, again at uh, University of Liège to come to the cytomine uh, research group. And the cytomine research group has been built by Raphael Marais, which is the, the, the leader of this research group at University of Liège. And uh, we, uh, the team was dedicated really to the development of AI in the topics of digital pathology. So it was very specific. When did and you start that team? When did when was that? Sorry? When was that? When did you start? Uh, the the Cytomine team was built uh, in 2010. And uh, so Raphael and his colleagues uh, start to develop Cytomine and they start some research, publish the, the first algorithms and paper and so on. And I reached the team in 2014. So it was in 2014 and I was uh, uh, there to manage a project to use Cytomine also for the teaching aspect because as a virtual microscope, it was really uh, useful for teaching histology and pathology and cytology at university and mostly mm -hmm. in very big classroom because in first grade, uh, there is more than 1000 students a year. So uh, oh, wow. yes, yes, it's, it's massive. There. Yeah. And then we, we uh, speak, uh, uh, yes, we start to work on Cytomine and Design, and then I became somehow uh, the coordinator of this teaching project. And in 2016, uh, the university have uh, taken the decision to publish the source code in open source. So the uh, open source adventure started at the University of Liège for academic reason. And when we start to publish the, 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 the source code, Raphael and his colleagues, has already published some papers that were quite well like uh, uh, read by the community. So we uh, we have seen a flood of I want this software. How do I install? Uh, I want it in my university. I want to teach with it. Blah blah blah. And well, then the university uh, when yeah. there is a free software yeah. showing up. The, yeah, the university says that, oh, you're supposed to be a researcher, not, not a software maintainer, not a community manager. So you have to make some choices. And then with part of the team, we decide to launch a company helped mm -hmm. by the university, what we call a spin-off here in, uh, in Belgium. Yeah. And then the uh, entrepreneurial ad adventure started. Okay. And this was in uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. So you said that Cytomine originated as a like a collaborative um, teaching tool and this collaborative aspect, but it's also an image analysis tool. So yep. the collaborative aspect of Cytomine was something that immediately caught my attention when we were talking uh, because it's such an important part of image analysis. Uh, tissue image analysis, right? Yep. And digital pathology is like super collaborative, uh, or at least should be. <laughs> you basically have people from uh, different, uh, with different expertise. And this this caught my attention. Yep. Um, so I think that was an unmet need that you guys were addressing when you started developing um, the platform. So why was it important enough to branch off um, of the open source model and create a 
paid enterprise version of the software. So this is like something that oh, I- it's a large I'm, question. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, okay, is this open source or is this not open source? And you guys have like two logo. The blue logo is for open source uh, and the non-blue is for the, the pink that you have behind is yep. the commercial. Uh, usually, you know, you have the hardcore open source people that never want to have this uh, cost any money. And, you know, there's plenty of effort uh, going into it. Uh, but you have both. So you have like yep. both so, free and paid. What's the difference? Why do you have it like that? So first of all, about collaboration. So the, 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 the status we have made when we start to work in 2010 and then in 2014 is that if you want to collaborate within digital pathology, you must have a central place where all the data annotations, logging, history, etc., is stored. And we were struggling because we were developing AI or giving teaching courses in digital and pathology. And we must ask the student to install desktop application on their own computer. So everything, is, what they were doing remains on their computer. We do not have any feedback. And even if we want to develop an AI, for example, we will have to ask the pathologist with our hospital partners to annotate, ex export the annotation uh, within the text files, send the text files, import the annotation in our own servers and try to work with it. And when the model is ready, send it back to them. The message, no, 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 it was very too easy. So we decide that uh, we will put everything on servers and we, we have developed it since the beginning a web application. So Satomine since the first day was always web-based for this meaning that everything is centralized. So you get connected to the platform, you retrieve your data, you can see what your colleague have done, you see the annotations, you can see that it's your annotations, you can decide if you share them with the, with the other people in the room, etc. etc. So it Exactly the same when in teaching. So each, each student can get connected, have only access to the collection of slides the teachers want him to have access to. The teachers decide if the two students are allowed or not to annotate or to follow the annotation of the teachers. And so, so there is a lot of scenarios that, can, that you can bring. So this is for what we call a collaboration. Collaboration means that people like uh, of different level of expertise, student teachers, developer, uh, pathologists, uh, laboratory managers and pathologists and so on, have to share the same platform to be sure to be efficient and that you have traceability, reputability and so on, everything which is definitely needed in research and teaching and in diagnostic. Mm -hmm. So this being done, we have uh, published the, the code in open source. And the second part of your question is how do we, we, we manage this duality between the open source and the closed source? So it's it's a quite common model in the open source community. So okay. yeah. Yeah, it's a quite common. So, do we have somebody in the um, digital pathology community do, doing this as well, or like more other software? There is a lot of projects which are open source, but only academics. Mm -hmm. And there is some projects which are also open source and based on economic model, which is Omira with uh, Glencoe okay. uh, and, and, and others. So, yeah, so it's not uncommon in the open source community. So a lot of software, you have a, a, a version open source, which uh, is allowed for you to get installed, to make it run on your computer, on, on servers and start to work with. And the idea at the start of the company was we met so as as it's a, it's a server based uh, application we met a lot of teams that had struggle because they don't have servers to all the solutions or they don't have um, enough storage in this uh, on these servers or they have the servers but they don't have the IT guys to make it run and, and to maintain and to to correct when there is a, a problem and so on so we 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 sell mostly services 
So mm -hmm. as a start, we, we, we sell mostly services to install the solution on-premise on the IT infrastructure of the customer. So installation, configuration, we install the monitoring, we decide the rule of the, and the frequency of the maintenance of the troubleshooting. We start also a lot of consultancy on how to prepare the rise of digital pathology in the different places where they, they, they acquire the solution. Because as you may know, digital pathology is now very well known, but it's still in transition. So a lot of people still work with microscope. And generally when we come into a place, it's their first, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's quite normal. Uh, generally, uh, people as just the first try in digital pathology, so we have to uh, to, to be a, a companion in this transition, also. And then we, uh, we 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 the number of customers were rising, and then we had some also some struggle with open source because, for example, if you want to add a new image format which is not open source, and you contact the company which has develop at this format and the company said no you you're not allowed to to, to to make it open you must build a plugin within your open source software but the plugin is not open source so uh, quite, okay. quite soon we were quite forced in some manner or another to develop some plugins not open source and we have an agreement with uh, different people that we have going to sell this in this condition and and so on so we start to develop um, modules like that but also uh, aside to mine out of the box and in, in, in an open source version if you download it and install it, you will see that it's quite normal. It's, it's every steps is manual. You can create a user by yourself and so on, but you will not spend times to create 1000 users a year if you are if you are in university. So we developed some closed source models to add some features to the platform for, 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 for example, to automate it, all the authentication uh, of, of the user within the company or the university, uh, etc., or some tools to directly and automatically upload slides from uh, a repository where the scanners are putting the slide and based on the name of the slide, which is also depending on the barcode, which is on the glass slide, directly open, uh, upload it to the platform in the correct folder for the correct teacher or for the correct lab manager and, and so on. So we make a lot of automation into the process. And these are also the services that we sell within the company. And mm -hmm. now we are ready to uh, to release in a few months our first uh, enterprise edition will be a closed source uh, full uh, dis distribution with a collection of new features uh, that re are really targeting first of all the sector of education where we are quite uh, uh, active. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, uh, six months later for research. And within the company, we have taken the decision to target in two years to have a version dedicated to the hospital. So we have started the EVDR certification process and, and et cetera. Oh, congratulations and, on that. Or <laughs> I don't know if it's <laughs> because it's well, a long journey. Congratulations on yeah, yeah. taking this decision and good luck yeah, yeah. with and so, implementation. Yeah. And so you open the question directly and you will understood if you can, if you're going to get certified, it's not the same game that building open source. So you have to fix your code. You have to, to, to describe every part of the code to be sure that it can be audited and so on. So also the, 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 the closed source is also linked to the different certifications that we must attach to our software. If we want it to be uh, run into hospitals for management of image of patients, because mm -hmm. our main motivation since the first day is to be uh, an actor and the way to uh, enhance the quality of the healthcare and on our cases based on the digital pathology place and the rise of AI in this case. 
Mm-hmm. So within so, this uh, strategy, uh, it's not only based on the platform, it's also based about building a certified uh, AI store uh, in which we will be able to accept AI uh, made by us for sure, but also by other companies that want to push their own AI into the side of mind of our customers. So it's, it's, a, it's a, global, uh, a global strategy, which is based mm-hmm. on these enterprise services. But once again, it's quite common if you look at some um, uh, very well-known open source solutions outside of digital pathology. We have in mm-hmm. Belgium here uh, Odoo, which is a CRM, uh, which is uh, work on the same. If, if you have some Linux di- distribution, it's the same. You yeah. can have the f- open source version, but you can have services and extra products if you need, etc. Okay, so two questions that I have. Um, uh, one is so the open, uh, sorry, the op- yeah, the open source is on-premise and the paid one is cloud-based. Is that correct? No. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Uh, most of our customers are asking us to install on-premise. So uh, okay. the big so part even of the, the the one that yeah, is called. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, let's yeah. call the pink one is the, the one you pay for. <laughs> yeah, the, the blue, blue one, one is the red, red one. one. <laughs> so uh, most of our customers want to have, and it's quite normal because digital pathology slides are very sensitive data. So it's definitely not have to, to be hosted on, on, on the cloud. So we, uh, and, and they prefer generally to have it on their own server. But this is cultural. So it's in Europe, it's mostly on premise on the uh, uh, IT facility of the hospital, of the university, of the research center and so on. And uh, in North America, in, in America in general, in Asia, it's more uh, asking to host it on Azure or uh, AWS, okay. but uh, once again, as soon as a server, server side and web-based application, uh, the, the, the kind of hosting solution doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one here interruption. If anybody has questions, you can drop them uh, right in the chat. I will be able to see them and we can ask them, uh, ask Gregoire immediately what is on your mind. Uh, so, okay, so... Um, you have both, you have on-premise, you have cloud. Uh, question to this, like if you, uh, I was I was wondering this recently, it's not that you can, um, and I've heard it a couple of times, like if you are building something in the cloud, it has to be with the cloud in mind. It's not that you had the uh, on-premise solution, then you like copied the, everything and uh, like made it cloud compatible. You had to do, build a parallel tool that basically does the same. Is that correct? I don't get the point, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, because uh, many many companies have on-premise software and then they're building like a cloud access. Is that easy? How does that that work? Uh, Or do you have to have, so can you like, copy the on-premise software and just move it to the cloud? Or do you have to develop a technology is the same. The technology is the same. When the IT facility of the customers, so the servers are just located in their own IT facility. Mm-hmm. But and when you install it on the cloud, it does it. It just that just means that you install it on servers that are owned by cloud companies like AWS or Azure. But at the end, it still servers. Whenever they are located, access, it's quite... accesses, you access it from the browser. Yeah, every time. Ah, okay, only every time. Okay, okay, now I understand. No, no. So it's a it's a only web-based application for for the viewer part, and there you have the key of what we call the collaboration. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, a biologist, a pathologist, a cytologist will quite exclusively use the web-based 
uh, viewer and annotating tools and managing data information in the web viewer. Mm -hmm. But the data scientist, a bioinformatics, an AI developer will definitely will prefer to work in the terminal using Python and making applications. So here is where the magic comes. So inside mine, the viewer is just a kind of front end that you may have for your solutions. You can have front end, uh, we, can, we, can, we can say that somewhere uh, a Python developer prefer to, a Python developer, an AI developer just need to have information, patches, mask, uh, alpha mask, uh, coordinates of annotations to train his models to be efficient. And when he run its model on the image, he have to push back to the, uh, uh, the servers, the class, the class he have done, the segmentation he have done, the identification, the countings, everything. So what we have done is SiteMine has an open API. So every component of SiteMine is speaking together, the DB, the database, the ser image servers, the viewer, etc., are speaking together with an open API. And we have made a Python client. So if you install on your computer the Python client of SiteMine, you will be able to get connected through Python to a SiteMine instance, ask for the annotation made by this user at this date on this collection of slides for this purpose, and it will be sent you the tiles, the classifications, the annotations, the coordinate, etc. You will be able to make your computational pathology. And at the end, you may send back to the servers the results to allow the pathologist to see it through the web viewer. So both communities, pathologists on one side and AI like developer. To build the perfect tool where uh, the pathologist um, doesn't have to know any. <laughs> I didn't say that, but that's why we're uh, we are generally. Um, I, I hope guest chosen by, by by communities. It's that it allows the both communities to work in the in, in tools that are fit to their needs, and that's what we were doing at university. Because as AI developers and researchers, we need to have access to libraries in Python to make some a lot of developments. And the pathologists with whom we were collaborating just need to see the image and verify in their own context if what is has been generated by the AI really fits the context in medical information and and etc and they also need because it was supervised uh, learning at this time uh, they also need to annotate and to edit the annotation you have made a podcast and a video, short video how to have efficient annotation for deep learning for example so you need to have good annotations you you have to correct them to go back to validate them so we built a system to peer review annotation so for example we have 10 percent in in the project we decide that they cannot see what the team's uh, uh, colleagues are doing they annotate on the slide and then after let's say two months we show to each other the annotations of the other and we cherry pick the best annotations after editing and we what we are building what we call the reviewed collection of annotations and only this reviewed collection of annotations will be used to feed an, an ai model for example so we have processes we to, be to be sure talking about this because <laughs> people need to learn about this about an efficient process when when one um, question or one uh, interruption so so just to be clear on what I was confused on, there is a web uh, web access to it, right? Yep. Cloud or server is just where the thing is hosted. Yep, the backend. So, yeah, yeah backend. So frontend is the web. I put yep. the whatever Google address, URL, yep. whatever. I go there, I annotate. As yep. a pathologist, I don't have to do anything else than like take my mouse or whatever exactly. pen, tablet, Nothing and to do install. my annotations. And, and you... 
you just need to, you just need to have the URL of the site domain you have access to, and just to remind your username and password. And even if you have a doubt, you take your tablet at home and you get connected to your site domain, and you see your image in emergency if necessary, and and so on. So for example, for the for for the student, it's the same. They can access the slide anytime from anywhere. So. When I was a student in veterinary medicine, when we had histology classes, you and me, you went, we, we were forced to be at 10 hours in room C in front of the microscope number 34, have the collection of slide number number 53. Now they we just like open the browsers. Them, yeah. <laughs> now the students are in pyjama in their bed, they open the browsers and they work whenever they want because when, when yeah. Well, <laughs> So yep. I learned some histology. Okay, so, the, the, and then one second. Yep. So then, uh, me as a pathologist, I don't care about the back end. I go in, I draw. The programmer or whoever like knows how to code and has to code for this, build AI solutions. They don't have to deal with my like uh, coding inefficient browser for like dummies. <laughs> They can do their Python coding on their end, how they usually yep. do, and this feeds into the, where I can later. This is during the uh, mostly during the model training or AI development process, and at the end, at the end, you have the pathologist with one day wanted to run themselves the tools that the developers have. So at the end of the process, we have a system that the developers can release the application within the site of mine with a system which checks the version so they can release different version and we indicate which is the latest release, which is duplicated, the one you can use, you can, they cannot use anymore. And as soon as you will run it from the, the, your web frontend, you will define yourself your parameters that you want to, to, to sort or the threshold, the numbers of image on which image, etc. But on the database on site mine, we will know that Alexandra Durer have run this specific version of this app on this day, on this data with this parameter. So six months later, when I will see the results and oh, do you remember this data set? It was so great with which application has been built, uh, has been built, built. I just look at the site mine. Oh, it has been run by Alexandra the uh, 11th of uh, the 10th of November and with these parameters on this collection of image and I have my traceability, which is over there. Hey, very quickly. This episode is also available on YouTube. This was a live stream we did with Grégoire. So if you're interested in viewing this, in addition to listening to this, join me on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. We are trying to pass the 1000 subscriber mark. We are almost there at 966. So if you can help us cross this mark this week, I would very much appreciate. But now back to the episode. We need to do a demo. So this is just, you know, podcast uh, or discussion explaining this, but we need to meet again and you have to like show me on video so that I can show people uh, and, and we post it somewhere. If uh, anybody's interested in the demo, uh, put demo in the comments. So I will know that when we do the demo, you get the link to this demo. Uh, one more question before we yeah, sure. go into... Um, Another important thing, big picture, we're going to talk about that. But one question, you mentioned that this is also an image management system. Tell me how it's an image management system. And then tell me, like with short steps, what are all the things that this software can do? So what we call it the uh, image management system is that for a site mine being able to provide an image to the web frontend or to the Python libraries for AI and so on, we need an, a system that can be store and read these images. But 
what, what, what things that we are facing is we all know that an image in digital pathology is quite heavy. So we, we quite rapidly go into multi gigabyte uh, images and sometimes even bigger. Uh, during the, the you biggest... have some demo candidates, uh, Dr. C. Yu Yun wants a demo. So good. Okay. So, for example, the biggest image we have faced is one, 100 gigabytes. So you, you understand mostly it's one or six gigabytes or 100 uh, megabytes. But you rapidly face a situation where your disks are quite rapidly fulfilling. And then we, we, we make the system that an image is uploaded only once but can be shared in, the, in a lot of different projects. And so we manage the right to the access to the image. So inside mine, by default, the image belongs to the users which have uploaded to it because there is absolutely nothing public within the site of mine. The assumption that we made, it's sensitive data, once again. It's data that is used in research, in hospitals. It might be related to patients, so it's sensitive data. So the responsibility to have an image into the platform belongs to the users that have has added it. And only him can add this image into different projects to allow other people to, to, to see them. So that's what we call an image management system. It's to, 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 to manage the right of the access and who can put this image in project or put it uh, out of this project and, and so on. But something which is really important that never ever we transform this image. So everything which is done with Insight Mine is just stored as external data within database. So we never, never, ever transform the image. So if you publish an image into site of mine and you come back six years later, you can load it back again, it will be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Great. So this is a, a huge like huge requirement both for medical and veterinary pathology, especially for toxicologic pathology, that nothing can happen to this image. There cannot be any modification if you're actually evaluating your uh, this for that diagnosis and all the manipulation in terms of image analysis, masks, whatever you need to do for domain shift robustness. This has to be like separate from the original one. So you guys have this covered. And mm -hmm. um, okay, so you have been chosen as the provider, the software provider and the tool provider um, by Oh, no, I forgot to uh, ask you again, uh, what are the all the things that this can do? So you can do annotations, you can uh, build AI tools, you can deploy AI tools, yep. you can manage images. You can you manage can... images, you can build applications which has, for example, uh, data collections and data applications. So let's say you have a project where, where, where you have uh, 6,000 slides. So on, on which a lot of uh, people have annotated for toxicology studies, for example. So how many, how many annotations I have with this category? Uh, how many annotations has been made within this time slot by this user from this location? Because main advantage, if you are, for example, a pharma company, you will have your uh, testing in toxicology with rodents and so on in, in some countries, and maybe the scientists in another one, and maybe the drug development team in another country or another location. Everyone can access to the same platform and the data are shared to, to everyone without having to move anywhere. So the slide remains on, on close to, 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 to the laboratory stuff and every can can work on them and do some computational, some statistical, etc. etc. So, so inside of mine, you can view, you can annotate, you can run applications, and these applications can have AI inside. And there is no 
um, limitations in terms of technology of AI because the, the, the strategies that we have, you can do your AI from anywhere uh, in the world that can be get connected through internet uh, to your site of mine because then you can choose your technology, you can link into your GPU for training and etc. Et, et and if you want it to be plugged into site of mine, it will be isolated in Docker containers. So you can put the technology you want, you have the insurance that there is no conflict with the other application within the solution because it's isolated with Docker containers. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. This sounds really cool. So and now back to big picture. So I already yep. talked about big picture uh, on several occasions, but just to recap this, a big picture is a private public consortium in European Union. And the goal of this consortium is to build a huge image repository, both for uh, clinical uh, human pathology and for veterinary pathology, mostly for toxicologic pathology, to make a huge repository of slides where people can develop AI solutions on yep. or like do different stuff, but basically to have a huge repository. And you guys have been chosen as the software provider, as the software, all this stuff is going to be happening. And so like why did they choose you how did this happen and what are you going to be doing within this big picture so why do we have been chosen maybe you will have to ask to the management board of big picture now uh, it's a, it's mostly because I, yeah yeah mostly because i guess uh, we are uh, server side and, and web-based and this is an, a definitely an asset when you have uh, 46 or 47 participants uh, spread over europe contributing from slides probably contributing from ai etc uh, i guess that's also because we can you can run your ai by connect your scripts to the solutions without any complication and publish them after your AI within the solution quite easily. And also you can manage an unlimited size of image because as it's server size, the limitation of number of image is only related to the size of your architecture behind. So uh, I, I just have to correct that we are not the only solutions into big picture for sure. So well, we have one of the tools that has been chosen and specifically the tool which has been chosen for viewing annotate and run AI. By, by, behind us, there is a lot of tools that have been put in place to store this petabyte of data, to manage the repository, to manage the permission of each other who has the right to to, to, to contribute uh, by giving some slide, by giving some metadata, by running some AI, by giving some code to read the image and so on. So Cytomine is just a piece of a big puzzle. Mm -hmm. Like you guys like are the hub that everybody else connects to and this then gets like ridiculous. It's, it's Cytomine will be the platform that will be launched when you ask to see a, da uh, a data set. So, for example, you want to develop an AI on, uh, I, I don't know, and you, you want to, you go, you get connected to the repository, you see that within this repository, there is a data set of images that may be interesting for your research. You ask to the uh, consortium, can I have an access to the data set? And they will say, is they say, okay, they will deploy a site of mine just for you. And within the site of mine, you will have access to this image and you will be able to annotate them to, to and, and to plug your AI to them and make your training and make your information and at whatever you need and at the end you will have the choice to say okay everything what I've done I want to share it with the rest of the uh, big picture community and you will have to, you will be able to use site mine as a subscription tool so now mm -hmm. every annotation I've made I want them to be 
uh, added to the repository of big picture. So it will be a tool to see the data, to create some addition of uh, data like annotation and classification and comments and whatever, and then push back them to the, to the, to the community of big picture. Mm -hmm. So I know Big Picture has a work package on building the tools, not only using the ones that are already built. Um, what do you guys need to still do, or are you ready as you are, or what? We are, are never ready. <laughs> there is so always something to add. So uh, first of all, uh, you know that there is, um, let's say, with, within brackets, a war in the digital pathology against the image format. So each scan oh, vendors has his own for Let's a specific reason. Yeah, I, I will not take any position on any format, but uh, there is reason behind them. Some are targeting only the hospitals, or they claim, okay, it will be uh, some seconds to have a, 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 an image scan. Some say, no, no, we are the best image in the world. We're targeting research, so the scan will spend two hours if it's necessary, but it'll be the best image in the world. Some are saying, no, no, we want to have Z-Stack, some fluorescence, some blah, 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 blah. So there is a lot of reasons to have a lot of different formats. Each scanner's vendor has his own specialty, et cetera. But it Within the project, uh, it will be too heavy to start to manage all these formats. So, uh, it, it, there is a, um, a claim that every kind of image that will be submitted will be transformed into DICOM. So we had to make the, the DICOM support for Cytomine. Uh, that every kind of uh, AI application will have to respect this kind of uh, format to be able to be uploaded. So in some way, it will be quite close of the one we already use in Cytomine, but to be able to enlarge the, the, the possibilities, uh, we will need to have some extra features. We'll also have some requirements in terms of way of showing the results, heat maps and et cetera, et cetera. So you have to expand the, the collections of, of a way of showing the results of an AI, depending on the AIs that, that have been built within the project, et cetera. And also with the collaboration with the team dedicated to that, to be able to support the metadata model that has been specified by this community and also yeah. the meta the storage system that has been built within this community because we are used to deploy site of mine for our customers on their own IT facility with our rules of storage. But within uh, big picture with the numbers of uh, partners that we have, we also have to take into account their own restriction, limitations, expectations, and so on. So we will have to, um, to make some adjustment on how the site of mine manage a so big volume of image, so uh, AI annotations, permissions, it's because the permissions will not have to be defined by our own platform. We will have to mimic the permissions that has been ordered and given by the big picture consortium to say, give access to these people to these data with this permission and do not give them the permission to run AI, for example, or do not permission, etc., etc. So there is a lot of, it's not building new features, but it's a lot of adjustment to make sure that the uh, solution at the end fits the need of everyone within this project. Mm -hmm. So it looks like there is no way around DICOM as much as we maybe some um, members of our community want to defend themselves from DICOM. And uh, like you say, there was a reason behind every format. Um, I just hosted uh, recently a chat with uh, David Clooney, who is the uh, maintainer of the DICOM format. And we had an extensive chat about this DICOM for pathology because radiology, there is that's a no brainer. But in pathology, 
several people actually in the context of big picture are looking into it are looking also how to support this on their end if they want to serve uh, the pharma customers or the hospitals that are being part of this project okay so good no way around dicom so let's figure out how to uh, work with dicom yeah but uh, i guess it's also um a pain that is by the hospital sector because within the medical imagery it's it's used to work with DICOM since now uh, more than 20 years ago <laughs> and they have all the infrastructure already they have they have the culture of working with this uh, format and this format has a lot of advantages uh, but yes we have to face a situation of uh, one pathology images is very much bigger than the medic medical imaging one in terms of sli size in pixels on the weight and, and, and everything so sometimes I, I make um, similar and we can say that for one slide, you sometimes replace 2,000 X-rays within the back servers. Yeah, so I was the, the difference is, is really huge, you know. So um, it means that the hospitals will have to manage not only the technology but also the storage. And every, so the, the, revo the technical revolution there is a long debate. But definitely, we have seen that. Uh, more and more people are speaking about DICOM within digital pathology and mostly because sometimes they are fed up about having so much different formats coming from so much different uh, ways of acquiring major and so on, which has impact on how they store them, them yeah, and to make them available for, for all the pathologists when there is a need for a patient care. Mm -hmm. So I know this very much from the computational pathology community where like a lot of resources is spent up front on managing the formats or on like writing scripts to convert one to the other so that they are all the same and that you can deploy something that actually will have some value for the patients in the long run and they are fed up with that they're like we can spend those resources better we can spend those resources actually on the end that has the potential to change something in the patient outcomes uh, yes, or, or make stuff more efficient we don't want to spend time managing your image formats so and you have this struggle within the digital pathology workflow but but when we you think a second about ai development we we, we, we in the community we can see that the the there were there was a fear against ai a few years ago but now what i felt when i going to into conference is that i see pathologies that really understood that AI can be a companion of with, uh, with within their daily work. But if we want to have powerful AI, we'll need to train them on a large collection of image, and, 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 you, and, and you know that. But mm -hmm. if everyone can share the image, have images in different formats with different characteristics, and that your AI tool within Python and script doesn't have a free reader of, of a free way to read these images, we will not be able to train this AI. So the, the, the problem there is we might face some AI only uh, trained on this specific format, and so link in the way in another to a, to, to a format of image, and scientifically, uh, people will prefer to open the range of the uh, different data sets that will be uh, able to use to train the AI or on which they will apply the AI for for better care so it's it's a part it's, it's a debate it's a long debate it's uh, it's not the, the role of cytomine to take position in it but what we've seen is that there is a lot more and more discussion within uh, the community to to, to go uh, in the direction of DICOM and within the big picture project it has been a decision that every slide stored in the repository must be in DICOM. Mm -hmm. I love the name of their tool, the DICOMizer. I love the DICOMizer. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. So yeah, you say um, it's not your role to, you know, express your opinion, but you definitely have to adjust to all the requirements. And what sure. you have been uh, telling me are the requirements of a massive project. It's like a six or six year or seven year. Or six year. Six year project that has like millions in of investment, uh, many, many stakeholders. Um, so I am super curious. Yeah, it's a really uh, great, ex great experience within this project is very uh, enthusiastic. Yes. Okay, so we need to schedule a demo because I want to <laughs> see, like uh, for me, for example, if I wanted to do annotations, I have to just like open a browser and go to yep. this repository where I should do annotations on, right? You're right. Let's so you, you, the first step, you need to have a site of mine installed up and running. And as soon as it's, it's up and running, you just open your browser, you put the URL of the site of mine you have been provided to, and you put your login and password and you can to work. Mm -hmm. So can you like, can I get this? <laughs> <laughs> we can we can take it offline, but I would yeah, like yeah, to. No. I would let's see. Maybe we can do some test thing or whatever. But no, so indeed we have a demo instance in in the company, so people are, are free to ask for a demo account, and we we will provide them a demo account on, on which they can get connected and try the solution and to see if the the, the solution fits the needs. In because uh, you know it's 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 cover the community of. Uh, image analysis and when I say image analysis it includes analysis by humans on image it's mm -hmm. not only computational analysis uh, it covers some so, so many topics in into biology into cytology histology pathology etc so the, the, the best way is to 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 test it so if you wanted to have your own you can follow the documentation so you can go to doc.sitemind.org and you have a freely accessible documentation with the user guide how to install it and uh, etc how to develop your own python script documentation.sitemind.org and uh, but you can also if you don't have the skills or don't have the time or whatever you can ask to the company with info at sitemind.com and uh, please uh, provide me a demo account because i want to do this and this and test if you are compliant with this and this and i will create your, your account and you can you will be able to test a solution mm -hmm. okay so maybe i'm gonna do that i'm gonna send this email and the next time we meet and you like You're walk welcome. me through, <laughs> through everything uh, let's see if we could do that because definitely people would want to see it see what the capabilities are and uh, it's just seems like a very good tool for an institution like a multi-site institution and I think a lot of institutions are facing the challenge, okay, this site has this tool, but this site invested in a different tool. How can we meet? How can we work yes. together? Yes, and the, the biggest experiment we have made in this topic is University of Liege uh, now as is launching a few days ago, the 12th edition of a MOOC, so a massive open online course on histology. Mm -hmm. uh, the first edition were in French only, but now the, this actual edition, which is on uh, uh, open, is on, also in English. And there we have from the different course, it's thousand users spread over the world that can get connected and explore the slides, make annotations, uh, follow the exercise and see the video from the teachers and so on. So they can open the microscope, virtual microscope site of mine whenever they want, from whenever they want in the world. And so, yes, for a multi-located uh, uh, company, or you, you see that you, 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 we, we have seen that more and more hospitals are joining force to make consortium. It's also the same in research. If you want 
to have a grant for research, for example, it's quite impossible to have it if you don't collaborate with distant organizations. And more and more, they ask you to have collaboration with university outside of your own country, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So for, and you for have like preferred project, countries, some yeah. partnerships from less privileged countries, then you get extra points. And then you yeah, have so let's say, for example, we have a project where the university hospital here in Liège will provide the slide, but the computational part will be taken by a university, for example, MIT. Uh, they can work in the same platform because it's server side and the computational uh, developers can do their work within Python using the Python library and the pathologists can open the web front end whenever they want from whenever they, were, uh, they want at home or during Congress or whatever to see the image to annotate to make the review and so on so yes it's 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 a main advantage to be web-based it's it you can work from I everywhere test it I want to test it. I have this one video on YouTube like how to annotate an image scope and I want to do <laughs> A similar one. How to annotate inside of mine? It's like I don't for, know, for five minutes video or ten minutes video. You are welcome. And a lot of people are looking looking it up, so I definitely want to explore. Okay, next step, we schedule a demo, and I let everybody know that there is going to be a demo. Thank you so much for joining me, Gregoire. You're welcome. Thank you so very very much to to give us this opportunity to speak with you, and it was a real pleasure before, during, and I guess after this podcast. You're really a shining people. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for beautiful words about me. But we're going to be in touch because I think your tool is cool and I want to explore it more. And You're thanks welcome. everyone who was here. Uh, let me know if you were here live or if you're, you are um, watching the replay. And if any questions come uh, to your mind when watching the replay, uh, let me know as well because we're going to be addressing them and this is the place to ask them and uh, I can relay them to, to Gregoire directly. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. Stay until the end. If you liked what Gregoire was talking about and if you like open source software, you will love our next initiative we are having a series of webinars about open source software, actually about a set of open source software packages called Histosuite Tools. This is going to be a webinar I will be hosting together with Andrew Janowick, the author of the Histosuite Tool package. And the most famous of his software tools is HistoQC. That was the first one he invented. So if you are tired of sorting through all kinds of stain variations, slide preparation, and scanning artifacts manually in your pathology image data sets, or if you're afraid that the trend you identified in your image data is actually a reflection of a batch effect, or maybe you just want to stop wasting time on useless annotations and know exactly which patches are relevant for your model development, or if not that, how about keeping your H&E staining consistent in your lab? any of this resonates, applies to you, this webinar is a must because there are free tools to solve your problems. Those HistoSuite tools. There's going to be a link to register in the show notes. So be sure to go there, click and register for this webinar. And I would love to see you in the audience so that you can explore those free tools to solve a lot of your problems. That's why there is a whole bunch of those tools. And 
Andrew is a fantastic speaker. He's hilarious, super entertaining. So no matter if you're super advanced and you're interested in the code or you're new and want to just know about the applications, he's going to be able to explain it in a super clear and really entertaining way. I am very excited about this webinar and I will love to have you there. So click the link to register and I talk to you in the next episode.